Star Wars 7x7 bonus episode. So, what was it like to go to the premiere of The Last Jedi? Not just the December 14th, 7 o'clock showings, but I mean the Saturday, December 9th premiere in Los Angeles. Well, I'm talking with Jeremy Meadows, who is the Senior Manager of Strategy and Integration with Nissan USA. He was there, and he is dishing all the details, along with information about the cool Customize Your Craft campaign that they did, which resulted in one lucky fan taking a bunch of folks to go to the premiere itself. Punch it, Chewy. I'm Amy Rackwith with Lattes with Leia, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod. And back in April at Star Wars Celebration Orlando, I got to meet and talk with Jeremy Meadows from Nissan about the stuff that they were doing in partnership with Lucasfilm around Rogue One. And now they're doing it and doing it even bigger and bolder for their partnership with Lucasfilm on The Last Jedi. That being said, the particular thing that's really awesome about talking with Jeremy is his passion about Star Wars. He's not somebody who is just, you know, working there and somebody decided to partner with Lucasfilm and so he's just having to fulfill it because that's his job or anything like that. The man deeply loves Star Wars and has since he was a kid. And so for him to be able to do the kinds of things he's doing, he's bringing the passion of a Star Wars fan to these projects and it shines through in every conversation I've had with him. And as far as I'm concerned, that makes for an ideal partner for a project, right? You know, it's not just some functionary checking the boxes like this is somebody who actually cares and who wants to create something awesome for fans and so it was really very cool to get to talk to Jeremy and I had three separate conversations with him this one is about the customize your craft campaign that they did and ultimately the winner of that campaign got to go to the premiere in Los Angeles and Jeremy was there as well on Saturday December 9th and had an amazing experience actually an amazing series of experiences which I'm going to spoil it for you a little bit <laughs> you know culminated with actually getting to meet and spend a little time with his boyhood idol Mark Hamill so Without further ado, here is one of my conversations with Jeremy Meadows about what Nissan did around The Last Jedi. Jeremy Meadows, Senior Manager of Strategy and Integration for Nissan, thank you for joining me on Star Wars 7x7. Happy to do so. Excited to be here. And it's great to talk with you again, too, of course, uh, for our listeners who've been with us for a while. Jeremy and I had a few conversations back in April at Star Wars Celebration Orlando. Back then, we were talking about the customizations that Nissan had done for Rogue One. And this time, you guys are working with Lucasfilm for The Last Jedi. And it's been a much larger and more in-depth experience, as I gather. Uh, yeah, we uh, we really were happy with how everything came together, and just the fan response was tremendous uh, for what we did with Rogue One. Uh, I take it as a personal sense of pride, given I'm I'm one of you. I'm a I'm a mega fan and have been since uh, from my earliest memories as a child, uh, right around four or five years old, is, is some of my earliest and most fond memories is going to see The Empire Strikes Back when it came out opening weekend, um, and so it was it was great to see that response. And then we thought we need to take it up a couple levels because why not? It's uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi. 
And I can attest to that, too, for our listeners. As Jeremy and I were talking prior to the start of this recording, I heard a couple of notification sounds going off in the background on his end of the call, and they were laser blasts from Star Wars, easily identifiable. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's true. He is a fantastic fan of the franchise, and it comes through in everything he's doing. And you actually got to have one of the ultimate fan experiences as part of your work with Lucasfilm, and I'm going to get to that in a moment. Uh, it had to do with the premiere of The Last Jedi last Saturday in Los Angeles, but you guys had a sweepstakes to lead up to that for one lucky consumer and a few friends to have the chance to join you at their premiere. Yeah, so we uh, we ran the sweepstakes in the month of November, um, and it was uh, very well received. We had uh, about 500,000 uh, total entries into the sweepstakes. It was wow. just a tremendous tremendous success over last year. Um, and this year, in addition to getting uh, tickets to go to opening night, that is uh, on December 14th here in Hollywood, they'll be joining me. Uh, they also won a Nissan exclusive uh, limited edition death, I'm sorry, Executioner Trooper helmet. Uh, last year we did the Death Trooper helmet. This right. year we did the Executioner tr helmet for uh, Last Jedi. Uh, but one lucky winner. So we didn't create a uh, limited edition vehicle like we did last year for Rogue One. We decided to make it even more limited and more exclusive. And we wanted to put the power into the hands of the fans. So we worked very closely with Lucasfilm Story Group and put together several designs um, across the First Order and the Resistance. And consumers can go in and customize not only the exterior, um, but also the interior of, of four different vehicles. And that was the Rogue, the Titan, the Ultima, and the Rogue Sport. Um, and through all the different combinations that you could possibly do, there was roughly 700,000 total combinations of what a customer could put together. And um, we, uh, we, we got one winner um, out of it. Uh, they chose the Nissan Titan. Uh, they decided to go with the First Order. And uh, their design was based on Captain Phasma, which is just fantastic. Yeah, and the the level of detail that you guys added for the Customize Your Craft promotion and sweepstakes was tremendous. I mean, you guys had battle cries that people could have uh, in Arabesh on the side of the vehicle for the... Uh, dark side it was either rule the galaxy or dark side or darkness rises or on the light side resistance or light side or take a stand or rebel just the I, I just gathering from you now that you guys worked with story group to to implement this I, I guess I'm not surprised to hear that in a way but I'm I'm absolutely thrilled at the level of detail and the level of depth that you guys took that promotion to yeah, we had a lot of fun working with the story group, not only on Rogue One, but definitely we took it up several levels with uh, The Last Jedi. And let's face it, uh, Rogue One, a, a wonderful movie, and I'm, I was so happy as a fan um, how that came out. Um, real happy for Gareth and Kathleen Kennedy and the whole collective Lucasfilm team. But let's face it, working on The Last Jedi and one of the Skywalker saga episodic movies is just really a thrill. And um, the Lucasfilm Story Group, they dove right into it with us, and when we suggested we want to do Battle Cries, they said, well, can we do it in Arabic? And I said, well, why not? I mean, <laughs> we, we, we should. We should. That's the, the right way to do it. Mm -hmm. And so the, the, the craft that you created, they were all ones that could be shared online and people could create, as you said, 700,000 different combinations, and we're going to get to share an image of the winner that was created for you at the blog post for this show's episode at SW7X7.com. And that winner is going to attend the premiere on Thursday night then? 
Yeah, we have. Um, so that winner was chosen, and um, and you can still customize your own craft. You just you can't win it. So when you customize <laughs> your own craft now, uh, you can share it on social media, which is still a lot of fun. Seeing all the different ways that you can customize your own craft and choose your side. Uh, but yeah, that winner, as well as uh, so they were the grand prize winner, and then we also have a first prize winner. Those six people, uh, so the grand prize gets to bring them and three guests. The first prize winner gets to bring one guest. Those six individuals are going to join me at opening night at Disney's uh, El Capitan Theater in downtown Hollywood. And we're recording this on the 13th Wednesday, and so that's tomorrow, which uh, you have actually already seen The Last Jedi. And so I I know I probably don't need to tell you this, but no spoilers, because (laughs) we don't know when folks are going to listen to this necessarily if they will have watched the movie yet. But yeah, Um, and the one word you shared with me was amazing, and I'm so excited and happy for you as a fan that you got to have the experience of attending the the red carpet premiere on Saturday the 9th in Los Angeles as well and you got to share a customized craft of a different kind at that event as well i think 5 of 7 of your customized star wars vehicles were there yeah we had uh, uh both of our captain phasma and kylo red character based uh maximas on display they were front and center as all the celebrities came down the red carpet um every single one of them were completely amazed of what they saw um and uh definitely were very willing to take some photos with the cars because they they loved them so much uh we also had a leaf on display with a uh, cast signed executioner trooper helmet and that helmet will be donated to Force for Change um, and help with their charity that they uh, that they uh, work toward. I know they work a lot with UNICEF and some others, so yeah, I'm very, very happy to help with that. Awesome. Um, and then inside the after party, we had our two uh, biggest um, uh, customized show vehicles. Uh, one was the uh, Rogue One. Uh, it's Poe Dameron's uh, uh, Nissan Rogue that looks like an X-Wing. <laughs> and uh, it has uh, BB-8 on top uh, chirping away and talking to everybody as they go by. Um, and then we also had our Nissan Titan that's uh, customized to the uh, to the look and design of the new ATM-6 Walker. And not only does it look tremendously outstanding because uh, it is very big, uh, 6,500 mm-hmm. pounds, uh, but it has a 5,000-watt sound system in it. So we have the... Uh, the uh, st- the stomping and the walking and the blaster fire from the walker in the vehicle. There's an 18-inch subwoofer in the back that really will just rattle your teeth as you walk by. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That must have been fantastic. And they're touring around, though. Is that right? So this wasn't the only opportunity for people to see them in person. Correct. We, uh, we had them made their uh, world debut at the uh, Los Angeles Auto Show uh, about two weeks ago. Uh, they were at the, uh, the world premiere this last Saturday. And uh, they'll also make an appearance at opening night uh, on the 14th. And then they go on a national tour across the country through the end of March. So uh, look for your local auto show and see if one of them will be coming near you. That's fantastic. And is there a, uh, is there a schedule on Nissan's website anyplace or for where they'll be going? Or Yeah, go to NissanUSA.com slash Star Wars and the schedule will be posted there soon. Got it. And I'll post a link to that at the blog post for this show's episode at SW7x7.com as well. So for Rogue One, you guys did a a similar customized car. I remember seeing it at Star Wars Celebration Orlando. It was an X-Wing based on the Rogue. And you guys really, again, just said, well, this is a a new movie and it's a Skywalker Saga movie, so we've got to go crazy with this. Can you talk a little bit about how these cars were created? 
yeah, so the one with Rogue One, as you said, that we did, the Rogue X-Wing, uh, it really came out great, and the fan response and, this, and everybody's response for it was just outstanding. Uh, and we definitely wanted to take it up a notch. And once again, Lucasfilm and ILM and the story group uh, dove into it with us as well. And this time, uh, last time it was Nissan that designed the vehicle with Lucasfilm's input and ILM's input. This time, Lucasfilm designed the vehicles for us. Oh, um, that's different. And, uh, so that was different, and it was really great to, to see their excitement and, and work with the same concept artists that worked on the film. Um, and originally, we were going to do only five uh, custom show vehicles, but uh, the Lucasfilm team uh, came back and said, well, we have ideas for two more, and that's how the Kylo Ren and the Captain Phasma character cars were created. Um, they weren't originally in, in our request because uh, we were doing everything that was based on a craft from the movie, such right. as the X-Wing or the TIE Silencer or what have you. Uh, but Lucasfilm came back and said, well, we have an idea for two more, and as soon as we saw them, we just said, we, we've got to build these, uh, not only just for, not, not just for us, but just for the fans in general. And the way they came out was just, I'm so proud of them. And I watched the behind-the-scenes video that you guys produced about this, and you were actually on site with the folks at, uh, at Lucasfilm and ILM working through the designs with them, I gather. Uh, yeah, that was really a great honor, um, working with the, uh, the, the concept artists and not only just looking at the designs, but really getting deep into the story of why certain elements were added into the vehicles and which ones were not, um, the types of materials that we were using, the, uh, the type of paint. Uh, a lot of these, actually all of these, were in some way, shape, or form hand-painted. Um, so talking about the finish and, again, the material and, and, the, and the whole manufacturing process, it was really an outstanding collaboration with a really talented team. Oh, sorry, there's a fire alarm going on here. Oh, my. Alright, if you need to evacuate, let me know. <laughs> I hope uh, not. I hope not either. I think it just stopped. I think they were alerting us saying that the uh, the opening night is tomorrow night for Star Wars The Last Jedi. And there's a marathon going on as well, you told me. Uh, yes, uh, there's a marathon going on. It actually starts tonight, uh, the 13th, at 9 p.m. at the El Capitan Theater in downtown Hollywood. Uh, Nissan is a presenting sponsor for that, um, and uh, it'll start with episode one um, at around 9 p.m. Uh, tonight, and it will run through every one in sequential order uh, leading into the uh, the Last Jedi uh, opening night screening um, the night of the 14th at 6 p.m. I thought it was a diehard thing to do it uh, two years ago when it was just seven movies instead of eight movies, and <laughs> we did that in Boston, and it was... It was an amazing experience, but I haven't seen it advertised anywhere except for this this one location. So I'm I'm a little jealous that you get to be out there and I'm stuck back here and I don't get to do it except in the home theater, as it were. Yeah, it's going to be a, a really great experience. Um, I, I'm unfortunately not able to sit through the entire marathon. I've got, uh, like I said, a couple other live events going on uh, today and tomorrow, uh, but I am going to stop in and watch at least one of them because... There's nothing like watching one of the Star Wars movies on a giant projection screen it, and, and, and sitting in with 400 other fans that uh, love and celebrate the movie just as much as you. So uh, tell me a little bit about the experience of the, the red carpet premiere back on Saturday the 9th. Um, as, is this the first time that you've gone to a premiere like that as a fan? 
Uh, no, uh, last year I got a, the great opportunity to be at the world premiere for Rogue One. Ah, okay. And uh, and I had never in my life thought I would go to a red carpet world premiere for any movie, let alone one for not just one, but now two Star Wars movies. It really has been a dream come true. I, I'm pinching myself the entire time I'm involved in any of these opportunities that I've got the fortunate opportunity to do so. Um, and so, yeah, it was this last Saturday and... Uh, while Rogue One was a really fantastic world premiere to attend, again, it got taken up a few notches with uh, with it being a Skywalker saga movie. And you know, what can you tell us about that experience that doesn't necessarily you know give anything away about the movie itself? Yeah, I definitely. Uh, there are no spoilers here. I, I'm <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a true fan and want to make sure other fans have the opportunity, like I did, to see it without any spoilers happening. Uh, so no spoilers here. But yeah, the movie itself, amazing. Um, and the red carpet world premiere experience was equally amazing. Um, the response that we saw from fans um, seeing the vehicle as well as the celebrity seeing the vehicle, uh, all the vehicles actually we had on display, was really great. Um, one of my favorite moments uh, just at the beginning of the uh, the red carpet, I got in there early because we wanted to make sure everything was set up. And I went through the FanFest area uh, to get to our area, and um, I, I heard my name yelled out amongst all the other um, kind of clapping and, and, and noise that was going on. And I turned and looked, and it was one of my friends from the 501st Legion. And uh, I worked with him on several things uh, throughout our relationship with Lucasfilm. And uh, I went over and said hello to him, and he was happy to see I was wearing my 501st member uh, pin on my lapel. Nice. Excellent. And um, we're going to talk in another interview about the 501st because I have a feeling they probably played into a, a couple of other promotions that you've been doing around The Last Jedi, too. Oh, there's been a couple. <laughs> um, but at the after party, you got to meet someone about, you know, as special as you could possibly hope for as a Star Wars fan. Yeah, I mean, it's been really, again, surreal, and I've had to pinch myself several times uh, when I'm going through all these different opportunities and experiences, whether that's going to Lucasfilm, working with the story group, meeting Kathleen Kennedy, um, and even the, the stars and the celebrities from uh, Rogue One. Uh, and, and I got a chance to see a lot of them again um, at, at this last world premiere for uh, The Last Jedi. Uh, Peter Mayhew remembered who I was. That was totally unreal to have ah. Peter May Peter Mayhew remember who I was. Yeah. Uh, Alan Tudyk was there again. Um, and he remembered me from last year. And, and so again, it was just really like a little reunion. It was fantastic. Um, but the one that I had personally hoped to meet more than anybody else was a childhood hero of mine and somebody that I probably most identify with as a character. And uh, I had just kind of in casual conversation mentioned that to one of my teammates over at Lucasfilm and literally, like, 30 minutes later, they said, uh, hey, Jeremy, could you join me over here for a minute? Um, I have somebody I want to introduce you to. And uh, they took me over, and they introduced me to Mark Hamill. And that was <laughs> one of the – I'm still getting chills talking about it and thinking about it. Um, it was really a surreal and just generally fantastic moment. Um, and, and not only was it just a quick photo opportunity, he stood and talked. We talked for a few minutes. Um, and – you know, everything you see and hear in, in social and in the news and you think, OK, is that person really always that way? Yes, Mark Hamill is always that way. He <laughs> he's amazing to be around, uh, a, a genuinely great human being. And uh, it was such a thrill to meet him and uh, get a chance to talk with him just for a few minutes and thank him for all the years of, of fandom and Star Wars and just 
bringing a great character to life on screen. Are you able to remember the conversation that you had with him? I don't need you to necessarily, you know, account for it blow by blow, but just the idea of meeting your childhood hero like that, were you able to keep some semblance of awareness or was it almost like, you know, blacking out in a way? <laughs> yeah, there was a, some of it did feel like a blur or blacking out, but uh, in general, you know, I, I just I thanked him um, for bringing such a great character to the screen and he was appreciative of that. Um, I told him that I most identified with his character because we're both from a small farm town in the middle of nowhere. Uh, mm-hmm. And now we're uh, kind of conquering the galaxy, so to speak. <laughs> and uh, he, he laughed at that. He thought that was great. Um, we talked for a bit about the cars that were on display. and He just told us how amazing they looked and he was happy to take a picture with them. Um, and uh, it, it, that was kind of the summation of the discussion. Um, and uh, he, again, he was just a wonderful human being to be around. And uh, it was it's as real as it gets, and uh, I, I, I'm going to so treasure that for the rest of my life. That's my Facebook profile picture now. Yeah, and it's your uh, Skype profile picture, too. I noticed that immediately <laughs> when I gave you a call. Oh, it's everywhere. Oh, it's I'm, everywhere. I absolutely understand. If it were me in the same place, it would be everywhere as well. All right, so Nissan.com or NissanUSA.com, just make sure I got it correct. Which one is it? Uh, it's NissanUSA.com slash, slash Star, Star Wars. Wars. Got it. NissanUSA.com slash Star Wars. And there's a lot going on there. You can still customize your craft and share your designs with all of your friends on social media. You can participate in the Droid Repair Bay virtual reality experience. And there's a lot more going on there as well. We'll have it linked at the blog post for this show's episode. You can also find out where the customized cars for The Last Jedi. All seven of them are going to be hopefully in a town in an auto show near you. Jeremy Meadows, thank you as always for taking the time out of your busy schedule to chat with me. I really appreciate it. Happy to do so. I love talking about Star Wars fandom. And there you have it. One of my three conversations with Jeremy Meadows from Nissan that you're going to get to hear this month. And if you don't mind sticking around after the break, the corrections department wants to weigh in on something from earlier this month. Stay tuned. This podcast is brought to you by Nissan Intelligent Mobility. And I guess the best way you can think about Nissan Intelligent Mobility is to kind of equate it to having an astromech right inside your car, right? You know, the X-Wings will have astromechs, but in this case, it's not going to plot your hyperspace jump for you. What it is going to do, what Nissan Intelligent Mobility is going to do is things like automatic emergency braking and blind spot warnings and Nissan's new ProPilot Assist to keep you centered in your lane. And it begins the journey toward autonomous driving with advanced driver assist technologies. You can learn more about it at sw7x7.com slash NIM. Yeah, that's the initials for Nissan Intelligent Mobility. Once again, that's sw7x7.com slash NIM. Welcome back. So from the corrections department, the episode that I did on gripes about The Last Jedi. It included a thing about hyperspace tracking and about the fact that it was presented as new tech when in fact it had been done in-universe 38 years previously. But here's the thing. In the 38 years ago time period, you had to have a physical beacon attached to the ship to be able to track it through hyperspace. And what they seem to be talking about here in The Last Jedi is actually tracking it without a beacon. And a couple of eagle-eared listeners, including Daniel T. Hoisington MacArthur, Daniel, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, and Philip Quinn 
talk to me on the Facebook page for the podcast about the fact that the Full of Sith podcast flagged how hyperspace tracking was on one of the screens that Jin read at the Citadel on Scarif in Rogue One, that this is one of the projects that was being developed by the Empire. Now, whether that means that the actual project the Empire was working on is the same one that the First Order brought to fruition or whether the First Order came up with their own method of hyperspace tracking, whether, you know, whatever the Empire's version of it was didn't work, and so the First Order managed to come up with their own one that actually did work, we don't know. But ultimately, what I'm trying to say is that there is a way that it can be new technology, even though the technology existed 38 years ago in-universe, you know, uh, yeah, I guess it's depending on all the hairs you want to split and how you want to split them. So anyway, I figured it was at least worth sharing. And so thank you, Daniel and Philip, for bringing those extra bits of information to my attention. All right, that is going to do it for this bonus episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you go blasting your way out of Moss Eisley, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you want to join the inner circle of fans, become a patron of the show at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not an Imperial spy, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2017, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.